Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you for worshiping together. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 15. I love the book of Acts. I really love Acts chapters 1 and 2 and 3. Um, there's some good stuff in those first three chapters. And you know what? There's some stuff that just makes my heart smile, makes my face smile. I love to hear when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, Hey, guys, it's going to be all right. Because I'm alive, and you're alive, and you're going to go out into the world, and you're going to tell others about me. You're going to be my witnesses. I love that. That's some good news. And then it says that they got together. It says the, they got together, and they started praying, right? They prayed, and they, they focused on the Word, and God was shaking the ground, and God started saving souls and saving lives. And man, it's just it's good news, and I'm smiling, and I'm enjoying it. And then I keep on reading, and I get to like Acts chapters 12 and 13 and 14, and then I get to Acts chapter 15, and I'm like, can I go back? It's kind of like a roller coaster at an amusement park, right? Man, it starts off nice and smooth, and then all of a sudden you look up, and there's these things where you're going to go upside down, and, and you're going to twist all around, and you're like, wait, get, take me back, take me back. You know, I, I wish I could tell you that... Every time I read a verse in the Bible, it just makes my heart smile. Sometimes I read verses in the Bible, and and it squeezes my heart a little bit, and it it makes me go, ouch, ouch. I'm sorry if you're a guest, and this is the first time you've ever heard me preach, and you've ever visited Start Baptist Church, and then you've got to look up on that screen and read that title of this sermon. A sharp disagreement. Mm, Sorry about that, but not really. I always like do that fake apology, don't I? I'm sorry for that. No, I'm not. Anyway, I read a story. I read a story a couple of weeks ago. I read a story in a book called Great Church Fights. I Look, I wasn't even going to read that book, but I, the title just, I mean, I was like, that's going to be good. And so I read this book called Great Church Fights by Leslie Flynn. And in this book, he tells a story. Listen to this. He says, a father was in his office reading and studying. And he heard a loud commotion outside his office window. It was his daughter playing outside with all of her friends in the front yard. The noise got louder. It got louder and louder. And then it began to sound like a heated argument. And he couldn't help it anymore. So he opened the window and he yelled out to his daughter. He said, hey, stop arguing with each other. Honey, tell me what is wrong? What is going on? And it was silence and his little girl was looking at the window and the other little girl stopped and they were looking at her daddy. And and, and so after the father, you know, yelled out the window, the little girl simply said, but daddy, we were just playing a game called church. (laughs) Wasn't going to tell you that her daddy was the pastor. That makes it even more interesting, doesn't it? You know, in these, in these middle chapters of the book of Acts, we learn some very important truths about the church, okay? So let's, let me just pretend like you haven't been here. And let me just go backwards a couple of chapters, chapters 14 and, and, and 15, because we're going to be at the tail end of 15, so I don't want you to, to miss what we've already uncovered. Here's some truths about the church that I want you to understand. Yes, they prayed together. Yes, God started saving souls, and the church began to expand and explode. It wasn't just a church in Jerusalem anymore. There was a church at Antioch, and they were planting seeds everywhere, and churches all over were beginning to explode and pop up. But what we understand in these 
these middle chapters of Acts is that the early church had to exercise perseverance. I shared that word last week, and I said, how many of you have some, some good thoughts about that word perseverance? Usually, when we hear the word perseverance, we think of trials and troubles and something hard that we've had to go through. I, I realize that can be a negative word, but you know what the Bible says about perseverance? The Bible says perseverance leads to character, and character leads to hope. And I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, that's who the church is supposed to be. They're supposed to be vessels of hope in this world. See, hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And if you have Jesus and I have Jesus, if we have Jesus, we got a lot to offer this world. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't struggle. That doesn't mean that we won't go through hardship and opposition and challenges from without and from within. What it means is that God is with us and that God can help us and God will help us make it through so that we can be made more like Jesus and we can reflect His grace, His love, and His mercy in the world. We can reflect a little bit of hope in a world that is full of hopelessness. And and so the early church exercised what we call perseverance. Not only that, the early church, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of some incredible struggles, you know what the church did? They kept on sharing the gospel. They kept on sharing the gospel. Listen to me. They could have very easily gotten distracted. They could have very easily got turned around. They could have very easily made it all about themselves. But what we see in these middle chapters of Acts is they just kept on telling people about Jesus. Even when it was hard. Even when they faced death and imprisonment. Even when maybe they didn't agree where and how, they still just kept on sharing the gospel. And I'm going to tell you, ain't nothing bad coming from you sharing the gospel. Nothing. The Bible says His word will not return void. Now, it ain't up for you to know all the time. Much of the time, it's up to you to just keep on sharing the gospel. And that's what I see in the church, the early church. In Acts 15, not only did they face opposition from without. They faced opposition on the inside. As a matter of fact, there was a group called the Pharisees, right? They were in the church. And the Pharisees were teaching that in order to be saved, in order to receive God's salvation, that the Gentiles had to look like them, act like them. In other words, hey, you got to get circumcised. Hey, you got to start following the law of Moses. But the church said, hey, The law is good, and those things are good, but those things can't save. Only Jesus Christ can save. Only grace through faith in Jesus Christ can save. And so the church made a proclamation that why would we put a yoke that is heavy and unbearable and unattainable on somebody when we can't carry it ourselves? So we're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to point to Jesus. And so the early church embraced, and they exercised grace through faith. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. Hey, listen, you ought to be thankful for that. Because if not, when you walked in here this morning, we'd have had a bunch of laws up here, and you'd have had to come up here and check off the ones you kept, and you'd have had to repent for the ones you didn't. And I would tell you whether you were lost or saved based on how you kept or didn't keep the law. Ain't you glad we didn't do that today? Huh? It's because the early church said, hold, hold up. 
The law was never given to save us. The law was given as a guardian until the Savior came to do what only He could do. Jesus Christ said, I came to fulfill that law. I came to fulfill the prophets and the prophecies. And Jesus is the one who makes us right with God. Nothing else and no one else. So the, the early church, they, they, they had to exercise grace. And they exercised grace through faith. And so what we see at, right here in Acts chapter 15, now we're going to read a very difficult passage, but right before that difficult passage, we get to read this in Acts 15, 32. It tells us that Paul and Barnabas, after this discussion with the church in Jerusalem, they went back to Antioch. And it says the church was encouraged and strengthened. And it says they kept on preaching the word of the Lord. So here we are in that roller coaster, right? They just went through a couple of loops, and now they got back on some smooth sailing straight ground, right? But guess what? That don't last very long. You ain't been to Six Flags, have you? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they take you through them loops, and you think, oh, you take a deep breath, and then you look up, and it's like, what, another one? And this time it does twists? Oh, yeah. I wish I could tell you. Man, they were encouraged, they were strengthened, they were preaching the word of the Lord, and they had these big old smiles on their hearts and big old smiles on their faces, and they were just eating like good old Baptists, right? At the tables, telling, telling jokes, but right here in the midst of the encouragement, right here in the midst of the strength, right here in the midst of preaching the gospel, we see something else. You ready for this? Paul and Barnabas, the preachers... The preachers experienced a sharp disagreement. The spiritual leaders experienced a sharp disagreement. So let's see what happens. Acts chapter 15, beginning in verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. (laughs) But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Verse 39 tells us, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Here's what I want you to see. Right off the bat in verse 36, we see an agreement. Okay? Before we get to the disagreement, let's talk about something happened before that. They agreed. We see an agreement. As a matter of fact, they both wanted to embark on another missionary journey. That's what they wanted to do. Paul makes it very clear that he cares for people. Right? He cares for the people that he has seen with his eyes and that he has shared the gospel with from his heart and with his mouth. And Paul wants to go check on them. He, He wants to go make sure they're doing okay. And so that's what he wants. Really more than an evangelistic missionary trip, what this would have been in Paul's plans and purposes, it's what I would like to call a discipleship trip, right? A discipleship journey. At least that's the way Paul was planning it. Now, as we're going to see 
And I ain't got time to get into it today, but if you come back next, next Sunday and the next Sunday, you'll see God had a little different plan for Paul, right? He's he going to tell Paul, no, you're going to preach the gospel to people who ain't heard it. You'll get a chance to get back and do some discipleship, but right now I need people to hear the gospel and you're going to go do that. But again, I'm not going to preach that message. I'll get to it. Nonetheless, Barnabas agrees. Listen, Barnabas, he was fired up. Man, he, him and his buddy, right? My, my, my friend, my co-laborer, one that I know loves the Lord. Man, we're fixing to get out there and do it again. I mean, I believe Barnabas, I just have to believe that Barnabas was excited, right? I believe Paul was excited, right? They're, they're on the same page. They really are on the same page. Let's go tell other people about Jesus, but then we see a disagreement. A disagreement. What was the disagreement? Luke makes it very clear. Uh, most theologians, I tend to believe this as well, most theologians believe uh, the gospel writer Luke is who wrote the book of Acts. And uh, you can look at the, the way it is written. You can look at some of the names that are used. You can look at his language. And it very much lines up with Luke who wrote the gospel. Uh, he was very close to to Paul, and so Luke, he doesn't hold any, he doesn't hold back. He just tells us Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with him, and Paul did not. And not only does he say they disagree, right? He tells us why they disagree. It says, right, that John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia. That's what it says. That's why Paul didn't want to take him. He deserted us. Now, back in Acts chapter 13, this is one of those middle chapters that I told you, I was like, mm, kind of a heart squeeze, kind of like a heart pinch. And I'm like, oh, I want to go back to 1 and 2. I want to go back to chapter 3 where it says, you know, repent, turn to God so that times of refreshment may come. How many of you like to be refreshed? Right? I don't know about you, but we, we got some cool weather coming next week, like 90 degrees. I never thought I'd say, man, bring on the 90. Right? But when it's 105, 90 is all right. right? It, I, I mean, I'm looking at it going, man, I'm going to be refreshed. I might run 50 miles. I don't know. Anyway, uh, who doesn't like to be refreshed, right? Isn't that where we like to stay? Like, don't you like to stay in the refreshment? Man, I ate some good food this weekend, didn't I, Joey? See, I have to confess because I got a witness. <laughs> man, we ate some good stuff. Had some, had some bread pudding, right? That French toast was amazing. And, and then they put cinnamon all over it. And I just, you know what? I was like, what else is there? Really. I wanted to stay at the, I wanted to stay at the, the white table, you know, talking to John Gimber and talking to Brandon Dunn and Joe. I, man, it, it, that's where I wanted to stay. But you know what? Eventually I had to get up and I had to have some hard conversations. Some hard conversations with some men who were dealing with some tough stuff. And I even had to open up my own heart. And I had to start looking at some ugly stuff in my own heart. Man, I, w I really wish I could have stayed at that table of refreshment. So they had a disagreement. Barnabas wants to take John Mark. Paul says, no way. 
He's not going with us. He deserted us. Uh, Back in Acts chapter 13, it says that John Mark left them to return to Jerusalem. Now, you might be going, well, maybe he was just going to see mom or daddy. Maybe, Maybe he had another appointment. Here's the thing. He left right in the middle of persecution. Right when it was getting real hard for Paul and Barnabas, John Mark said, hey, see ya. He took off. Don't don't take my word for it. You can go back and look at it in Acts chapter 13. So in the midst of difficult times, in the midst of persecution, without any warning, without any explanation, John Mark says, bye, I'm gone. And he went back to Jerusalem. That's where he went. So it seems in this moment, right, they've, they've gone through all this stuff. They've met with the church. The church has made a decision. It is by grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ that saves you, not the law. Uh, The church, they come back, give the news to the church in Antioch. There's encouragement. There's strengthening. They they focus on the word of the Lord. They're preaching. I believe that season of refreshment is like they can just smell it, right? They can taste it. They, They can see it. They got their hands on it. And then boom, boom, the two spiritual leaders don't agree. Barnabas, it seems at this time, was ready to give old John Mark another shot. Ready to give him another chance. Paul, on the other hand, said, nope. Nope. No second chance for me. Not this time. Not right now. Barnabas, you know, I, I, I tried to, to kind of write some things down. I was looking at Barnabas and his style of leadership, and I was looking at Paul and his style of leadership, you know, they really were salt and pepper. Like when you look at how they spoke, you look at what we know about Barnabas and you look at what we know about Paul, they had one awesome thing in common, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit. Man, they had that in common. Gospel message, they had that in common. But they really were different as far as personalities. I wrote this down. Barnabas was really a tender-hearted guy. Right? He was tender-hearted. Barnabas was... Overly forgiving. He really was. Like, he, he, he was just going to forgive. He was just going to forgive. He was embracing, right? I look at Barnabas, and I don't know this for a fact, but just based on what I've read and, and, and how I understand in my mind, I believe Barnabas is that guy you just better look out because he's going to hug you, okay? He's going to hug you. I, I, here's what I picture. I picture Barnabas, like, with his beard, and he's just going to rub that beard all over you, and not, you're going to be like, what, man, come on. Like, but he's just going to hug you. I believe Barnabas is the guy that's going to have his back, hand on your back and just patting you on the back, right? Making you, making you feel better because of what he's telling you. Paul, on the other hand, man, when I look at Paul, Paul, uh, he was bold, wasn't he? Man, he'd just tell you. He'd just say it. Paul, Paul in my opinion, was, was uh, a little less tender, and from what I can see in this passage, just this passage, uh, maybe a little less forgiving. To me, Paul is like the driver. Get in. Shut up. I'm driving. Okay? Now, again, please don't misunderstand me. This is Brother Jeff talking to you. I, I didn't quote that from Scripture. This is me just reading and looking at the context and looking at the big picture. They, they really did have different styles. Now, it may not have been that far like I just explained it, but that's how it feels to me. But here's the thing. They didn't agree. 
they didn't agree on who was going with them. And so what we see in this passage of Scripture is the words sharp disagreement. So I looked that up in the Greek. I wanted to say, okay, what, what does that mean in the Greek? So the Greek word that is used for sharp disagreement is the word paroxysm. Paroxysm. It even sounds like, ugh. It almost sounds like peroxide. Did y'all think that? I saw some of y'all going, that's what I thought. When I read it, it was like peroxide. Ooh, I don't want that on me. I like burn. But here's what it is. Paroxysm. It means a sudden attack with violent emotional action. So let me just tell you, this one, come here, Noah, if you don't mind. I, even if you do, come here. We'll agree to disagree. Come right here, okay? So this is my buddy Noah. We do ministry together. Absolutely we do. He's a deacon at our church. He prays for me. I'm going to tell you I thank you for that. But I don't want to get sidetracked. Okay, hang on. Take a deep breath. Okay. All right, so this is my buddy Noah, okay? And uh, Noah wants to take John Mark. I I don't want to take John Mark. I'm going to take Silas. Noah, I disagree with you, man. Uh, Sorry, brother. Okay? Let me just tell you right now, that ain't the context. That's not how it happened. Barnabas didn't just go, and, 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 and Paul didn't just go, hey, man, I disagree, okay? You go your way, I'm going to go mine. That's not the context. The Greek word is paroxysm. It means a violent emotional action. In other words, I believe they got in each other's faces, and probably more Paul than Barnabas, okay? That's just my opinion. But I do believe this was not just your, we're going to agree to disagree. All right. No, it was Noah. No, I'm not taking him. Don't you remember what he did to us? He left us, Noah. He left us when you and I were arrested, when they wanted to kill me, when they stoned me. John Mark went that way. That's what happened. Now, Noah's not being very nice. That's crazy. He's He's supposed to say, but Paul. Anyway, he loves me too much. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're terrifying me. So I go, yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. That's what, all right, you can go sit down. That's what I wanted to do. You should have seen Noah's eyes. He was like, man, are we playing or are you real? <laughs> I, I, I want you to understand something, okay? Listen to me. Paul was passionate about the gospel. But Paul was also passionate about doing it the way he wanted it done. And even though Barnabas might have been less forceful, less driving, Barnabas was passionate about the gospel too. And Barnabas was passionate about doing it the way he wanted to do it too. Here's what I want you to see. This is so cool, right? And anywhere in that scripture, anywhere in that passage I just read to you, matter of fact, go look in your Bible. Anywhere in the Bible, did Paul ever berate? Barnabas. He might have got loud. He he, might have been in sharp disagreement, but did he berate Barnabas? Anywhere in there did Barnabas berate Paul? Anywhere in there did they call each other ugly names? No, they didn't. What we see next is we see a choice was made. Right? A choice was made. Barnabas stood his ground, and he chose John Mark. Paul stood his ground, 
and he chose Silas. The Bible tells us that Barnabas took John Mark and he headed toward Cyprus. The Bible says Paul took Silas and headed toward Syria and Cilicia. Now remember their original intent, their original agreement was, we're going to go on a discipleship journey. We, we call it missionary journey because, you know, discipleship is missionary journey. We can go back to the same places and share gospel and do more. All right? It, 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 it's evangelism, discipleship, ministry, and then it just, it's like a cycle. It starts all over. I told you, you're going to hear me say that a lot. About three Sundays ago, you remember? Evangelism, discipleship, ministry. I'm going to keep saying it. But, but here's the thing. They, they came to a decision. They made a choice. And, and it may seem like it may seem for us that this is disaster, right? These two guys love each other. They love the Lord. Man, they work so good together. This is not supposed to happen. This is a black mark. This is a, an X, right? On the church, this, this, is a, this is a spot, right? On a white sheet that it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be pretty. It's supposed to be pure. It's supposed to be clean. It's supposed to be refreshing. When we see disagreement, right? How many of us just go, let me go get in some of that? Now, don't you raise your hand and say you want to go get in that, okay? Because we're not going to agree on that. I'm like most people, right? I I don't really want to be in disagreement with anybody. And I don't want anybody to be in disagreement with me. But but we've got to understand as Christ followers, God can do some cool stuff in the hard stuff. God will do some really cool stuff in the hard stuff. Because here's the thing, it may seem like disaster for Paul and for Barnabas. It may seem like disaster for the early church, but what we see is that God is at work. You've heard me say this, God never stops working. He never stops working. He's always at work. He's always at work. Even, Even when the storms are raging, God is there and God is working. You may not see it, you certainly may not feel it, but you better know it. Because that's what his word says. See, here's what I want you to see. You may say, well, Paul went one way and Barnabas went the other. Here's what I say. They both chose gospel ministry. Huh? They both chose gospel ministry. And they covered a lot of ground. Absolutely. Covered a lot of ground. Listen, even though they could not, in this moment, travel physically together on the same road because of the paroxysm, right? The violent emotional disturbance between them. They could not physically travel together on the same road. They could not go in the, in the same physical direction according to the world map. I'm going to tell you, the spiritual map, God laid it open and said, boy, you go this way and you go that. God was in control because here's the truth. Even though they may not have been headed in the same direction physically, they were headed in the same direction spiritually. Unity does not mean uniformity. Please hear me. Unity does not mean uniformity. God's not molding your heart and your mind to look like Jeff. He's molding your heart and your mind to look like Jesus. And His time and His way is different for you than it is for me. And so we don't have to walk side by side all the time. 
And we don't have to walk on the same highway all the time. But here's the truth. God's going to get us to the same place. And that is the presence of Jesus Christ. So we can glorify Him and honor Him and praise Him together. And so they made this choice. They chose gospel ministry. Listen, it may have been a strain on their immediate relationship. If you've never read the Bible before, you're probably right here going, you know what? (laughs) Those turkeys, they, they ain't coming back together. But guess what? God ain't done right in the Bible. Because there's Acts 17, 18, 19, 20. There's Colossians. There's Ephesians. There's 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. There's 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. And we find out a lot about old Timothy. We find out a lot about, you know, all these other guys, Silas. But we also find out a lot about Paul and Barnabas. And find out a lot about a guy named John Mark. This sharp disagreement turned out to be something pretty incredible. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Romans 8, 28. That's why. And we know that in all things, we know that in all things, God works for what? For good. He works for good, right? Good of those who love Him. You think Barnabas loved the Lord? Just say yes. Okay, good. We, we will practice some uniformity on that one. Um, you think Paul loved the Lord? Yes, he did, okay? They both loved the Lord. So guess what? Even in this sharp disagreement, God's going to work it out for good for Barnabas. You want to know why? Because he loves the Lord. And God's going to work it out good for Paul. You want to know why? Because he loves the Lord. Not because Jeff said so, because God said so. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Don't, we love that whole good, right? God's going to work good for me. God's going to work good for me. But don't miss the end of 28, right? We're not called to Paul's purpose, and we're not called to Barnabas' purpose. Guess what? You ain't called to Jeff's purpose. You're called to God's purpose. And so God's going to work for good in your life in all things, Because you love him and because you've been called to his purpose. His purpose. So what we see in this passage of scripture is this. What was one missionary team became two missionary teams, John. Which led to a wider spread of the gospel than either of these boys could plan or imagine. Do you see that? more gospel presentations, more people than they ever even dreamed or planned or imagined. You know what God does? God goes beyond my little mind. Right? He goes so beyond my little mind. He he goes so much further. God can do more. God can do immeasurable things. Right? Don't you love that? Immeasurable things. I love it. I I love it the other other day, just the other day when, when Joey and and, and uh, Brian and I, we were, we were serving on this retreat. And uh, one, of the, one of the team members that was serving with us, he came up to me and he, he, he said, did you, did you and Brandon talk about that? There was something that happened. And the director, he said, did you, did you and Brandon, like, did y'all talk about that? I'm like, no, we did not. Well, I just don't understand. I said, me either, but I know who. 
Like, the directors can make a good plan. They should make a good plan. They should. But here's the thing. God writes the script. God writes the script. And his script is always better, amen? It's always better. So that's a good thing that God can and will do. And we also know this. Let me just go ahead and tell you in case you're not here next week or in case you never hear me preach again. Let me tell you this. What we know is that John Mark was restored into gospel ministry and that he grew in his faith and he grew in gospel ministry while he was traveling with Barnabas. Do you know who John Mark was supposed to be with? He was supposed to be with Barnabas because God was going to grow him and establish him back into ministry with Barnabas, not with Paul. That was God's script. That was God's plans. That was God's purposes. And I'll tell you this, you might say, well, what about Silas? Who is this Silas? If you come back next Sunday, you're going to find out why why God put Silas with Paul. Because it ain't just some coincidence. And it ain't just some, oh, we got in an argument, he took his guy, and I had to look around, and I'll take him. Oh, no, 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 no. It ain't no coincidence. This is called providence. Providence in the midst of a sharp disagreement. He chose Silas. Do you want to know something about Silas? Silas was a Roman citizen. Roman citizen. The Bible says that Paul and Silas was about to go into Syria and to Cilicia. Do you know who controlled all of that territory? Romans. I'll go ahead and give you a little snippet. They're fixing to get arrested by some Romans. And they're fixing to get treated like Jewish citizens. But guess what? Silas ain't no Jewish citizen. You know what he is? He's a Roman citizen. And God's going to use that to set his captives free. (laughs) I'm just telling you, right? I can write some cool stories. I I really can. You probably don't want to read them, but I can write some cool stories. But I can't write what God writes. I can't. I can't can't script it the way God scripts it. I just can't. I can't. I mean, I got an English degree, lots of hours, lots of I love to write. I love to read. But I can't do what God does. None of us can. And so here's what I want you to see. Even though, even though these Christ followers differed on their decision and they separated physically on their journey, they were unified in the gospel and by the Holy Spirit. You hear me? Even though they differed on the decision and even though they separated physically, they were still unified In the gospel, they believed in Jesus Christ. They preached Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit led them, guided them, and directed them to go this way and to go that way. Listen to me. It may not look like they were on the same page, but they were on the same page. They really were. Don't look at the world map. Look at God's map. See, when you look at the world map, you're going, man, they're going away from each other. On God's map, they were actually moving closer to him. Don't ask me to explain that. I just believe it. Unity does not mean uniformity. We can take the same message to different places with different people in different ways and still glorify God together. You hear me? We can. Same message, same Savior, 
We can go different places to different people, and we can use different techniques and different styles, and God can still get glory together. That's the power of Jesus Christ. That's the power of grace that saves through faith that the law can't do. The law couldn't write this story. Only God could. The law couldn't keep these men together serving in gospel ministry. Jesus Christ could. Holy Spirit could and did. You know what's really cool? Here's what's really cool. Not only did John Mark grow in gospel ministry, not only did John Mark get reinstated and preach the gospel, and we see powerful demonstrations of his ministry in this world, this is so awesome. Because what we see and know in the New Testament, the letters of Paul, is that, listen to this, after the sharp disagreement, after I believe Paul was violently emotional in the face and in the person of his, his friend, his brother, after all of that, here's what happens. Paul says this about his brother in Christ, Barnabas, in 1 Corinthians. He is my dear friend. He is my co-laborer. That's Paul's words about the guy he disagreed with sharply. He is my brother. He is my dear friend. He is my co-laborer. If that's not enough, John Mark, right? The same John Mark, he said, no. He ain't going nowhere with me. He ain't doing nothing with us. He quit on us. That same John Mark that Paul, and, and if you don't read any further, you go, you know what? Them boys ain't ever getting back together. Well, guess what? Paul didn't write the script. Let me ask you again. Who wrote the script? And who does Paul love? God. And, and what does God do for the one who loves him? He takes that sharp disagreement and that ugly, messy situation, and he does what with it? He works it for good, right? According to whose purpose? Paul's purpose? Now, say that again, Misty. God's purpose. Listen to this. Oh, man, this is so good. I think I spit a little bit. This is what Paul says about John Mark. John Mark is my friend. He is my comfort. And he is my co-laborer. Colossians. Go read it. And if that's not enough, when Paul thought he was going to die, when Paul thought he was going to die, when Paul understood he was coming to the end of his life. The end of his life. He knew, I, I have run this race and I can see my finish line. You know what he told Timothy? <laughs> can't make this up. I can't write this. In 2 Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, bring John Mark to me because he is helpful to me in gospel ministry. Is God good or what? Look what God can do. Amen? There's a song I listen to when I'm, when I'm running. I can't remember the girl's name. Some of, you, some of you ladies and men might know it, but the name of the song is Look What, Look what God Can Do. Look what He's done for me. <laughs> Look what He's done. We can sit around and talk about the arguments and the fights and we can remember all this bad stuff, but... Man, you just need to open your eyes up and say, but, but, but look what God did. Look what God can do. 
Look at, look at what God can do when we keep our focus on the gospel message. Look at what God can do when we make the main thing the main thing. When it's about winning lost souls and not winning my opinion or my argument. Look what God can do. What should have been, what should have been a, on the church, you know what it turned into? A big old check. 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 God's good. God did something. I love Pastor Joby Martin. I know me and Elliot, we... We listened to some Joby Martin. He, t- he said one time the only reason I liked him is because he's bald-headed and got a beard. That's partially true. You know, some guys just got it. Uh, <laughs> but Pastor Joby Martin preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? Listen to what Pastor Joby Martin said in a message that he preached back in like 2013. I tried to figure out. I was like, I was on podcasts and I was trying to figure out. I couldn't find it, but I, knew, I do know it was... Way long time ago. It was like 2013. Listen to what he said. He said, unfiltered debate. In other words, just say what you have to say. Face to face with one another. Unfiltered debate. and unswerving embrace of the gospel are essential to unstoppable movement of God in the early church. It took Paul being honest with Barnabas and Barnabas being honest with Paul and looking at each other and saying, we ain't, we ain't going to agree on this, Noah. We're not going to agree on this, okay? I'm not taking John Mark. And if you want him, that's fine. You go your way and I'll go my way. It took unfiltered debate. But don't miss the unswerving embrace of the gospel. Because Barnabas said, John Mark has a shot. I believe it. Barnabas said, John Mark, God can use him, so I'm going to help him. And me and him's going to go over here, and we're going to preach the gospel. And Paul said, fine. I'm going to take Silas, because I believe God can do a work in Silas, and I believe Silas can help me. And me and Silas is going to go over here, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to talk bad about Barnabas and John Mark. We're going to tell everybody about them fools that didn't do it right. Uh Uh-uh. You ain't going to find that nowhere in the Scripture. You know what they did? They preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unfiltered debate. Unswerving embrace of the gospel. Unstoppable movement of God. God did what only he could do. Amen? This wasn't really about Paul and Barnabas. This was about God. Dr. Tony Evans says God knows how to take a mess and make it a miracle. Anybody in here been a mess before? Anybody in here still feel like a mess? All right. Anybody in here diving headfirst into a mess right now? Let me just tell you something. God can. Two words. God can. God can take that mess and make it a miracle. And He will. You want to know why? Because you're His image bearer. And He created you to glorify and honor Him. And so even in the mess, God can use it so that you can fulfill your purpose that He called you to. And your purpose is to give Him praise. Again, Brother Jeff ain't making that up. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. You are God's royal priesthood. You are His holy nation. You are a chosen people. You know what you are? You're God's special possession. You want to know why? So that you may declare the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. That's your purpose, church. That's your purpose. 
So, as Christ followers, what must we do? Here's what I believe about Paul and Barnabas. Even in some, man, that was like Mike Tyson and... Man, they had their gloves on, fixing to just wear each other out. I just, man, that, that's a fight I'd pay for. Right? Because I, I, I thought, I, I'll, I'll read it, and I think Paul, you know, Paul's kind of the, the shorter, kind of stockier guy, but I think Barnabas is like that big guy, like, you better not push too hard because he will eat you up. Like, I'm just picturing this in my mind, and, man, I'd pay to see that fight. But here's the thing, guess what? They disagreed. They didn't fight. They disagreed. They didn't fight. They didn't throw ugly words and throw punches at each other. You know what they did? They focused on the gospel. You go your way, I'm going to go mine. You preach, I preach. Let's see what happens. God says, I'll show you. You know what happened? Lots of lost souls got saved. So as Christ followers, here's what you got to do. You got to be full of the Holy Spirit. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be full of self, and guess what you're going to do? You're going to try to win your fight. You're going to try to make the other guy feel worse. You're going to try to make the other one feel bad. You're going to try to prove to the world that you were right and he or she was wrong. That's the flesh. You got to be full of the Spirit and you got to rely on the Holy Spirit all the time. And if you do that, then you can agree to disagree and you can glorify God. You can glorify God. See, if you're in Christ, all of this is possible. All of this is possible. Handling disagreement in such a way that God is glorified and kingdom ministry is magnified. Spreading. But if you're not in Christ, then guess what? You're going to handle it the way the world handles it. You're going to handle it the way you want it handled, and it ain't going to have nothing to do with Jesus, and it ain't going to have nothing to do with God's purposes. That's just the truth. Can anybody testify? Huh? Because, I look, I have been in some disagreement with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I've, I, I, I don't always agree. Listen, I love Brother Jeremy and Brother Andy. Listen, we love each other. All right? And look, whatever's wrong with them, blame it on me because they were in my youth ministry and I taught, you know, coached Brother Andy. So something wrong with them, blame it on me because I coached them and taught them. But listen to me, we don't sit in my office and all go, yes, 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 all day long. We don't. We don't do that. You know what? I'll say, I, I, I don't think so. Or they'll say, Jeff, I don't agree. But you ain't seen no bruises on, on my face. That's because I'm fast. <laughs> but, but you don't see no bruises on my face. You don't see no bruises on their faces. You, you don't see no egos, right, bruised and hurt. You know what you do? You, you see brothers in Christ who know, hey, this is not about us. This is about Jesus. This is about the gospel. This ain't about Jeff's purpose. This is about God's purpose for Jeff, in Jeff, through Jeff. Do we always get it right? No, we don't. We, we could probably come down here and tell you, tell you the truth about some things where we just had to get away from each other, right? Just get away. Don't talk to each other for a couple of days because we're just little old boys, you know, trying to grow up. But here's the thing. When the focus is Jesus Christ and the focus is the gospel, you got a shot. You, you got a shot to hear God and say, yes, God, forgive me for trying to win the fight. Forgive me for trying to make this about my purpose and not yours. You got a shot of repentance. You know what happens in repentance? I already told you this, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. When you repent and turn to God, times of refreshment come. And you know what he does to your sins? He wipes them out. Wipes them out. 
guess who's magnified and glorified? Jesus Christ. Because guess what? You can't be forgiven and I can't be forgiven and we can't forgive each other without Jesus Christ. Ain't possible. Forgiveness only comes through the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for the spotless Lamb, Jesus Christ. Amen? So, so I preach this and here's what I hope. I hope we ain't headed in no disagreement. <laughs> That's not why I preach this. Okay? I didn't preach this so I could throw something at you and say, now, nah, don't y'all remember what I preached? I'm, that's not what I'm doing. But here's what I'm doing. I know that you're human and I'm human. And I know that sometimes instead of being full of the Spirit, I'm full of self and you're full of self and not full of Spirit. And I know sometimes you're focused on your purpose and your plans and not God's purpose and plans like I'm focused on my purpose and plan and not God's purpose and plan. And sometimes we're going to butt heads. And sometimes we're going to be tempted to call each other something we shouldn't call each other. And sometimes we're going we're gonna to be tempted to push somebody out. When what we should be doing is saying, God, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? Maybe you do want me to turn and go this way and him or her to turn and go that way. But as long as we end up in the same spot, God, you write the script. So I don't know. I don't know what this is for you. I don't tell you. You're under shepherd. The spiritual leader that God has placed in this church, Jeff Thomas, he learned a lot. A lot in this passage. And if that's all, that's enough. Okay? If that's all, that's enough. But if you can use this and you, can, and you need this, then take it. Take it. And don't just hear it and go, oh, good word. Live it out loud. Try it at home with a spouse. Mamas and daddies, try it with your children. Children, try it with mamas and daddies. Church family, try it. Let's just see. Let's just see what God can do, right? Look what God can do. Timothy, I ain't got much longer, man. Bring me the one that I wanted to reject all those years ago because I need him. And I value him. He is a help to me. Not possible without Jesus Christ.